I grew up thinking that the only people that knew about this movie were me and my friends. And then as I got older, it's like I'd meet people and I'd find new friends and I'd connect with them. And they two had, sentences and two sentences it would be like Roadhouse. <laughs> oh, you, you like Roadhouse too? Yeah. Like, yeah, I like Roadhouse. Like you either love this movie or you've never seen it. You know what the uh, tagline for this was? The dancing's over. Now it gets dirty. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Our mission is to take you on a most excellent adventure through time. Buzz in the Tower is so much more than a podcast. It's the map to One-Eyed Willie's treasure. And all you have to do is sit back, listen, and repeat after me. Klaatu! Barata! <clears throat> Buzz in the Tower answers the questions you didn't even know you had. Like who would win in a fight, John Rambo or Hans Gruber? Or who is dreamier, Jake Ryan or Marty McFly? So as we rank, debate, and offer fresh takes of the best of the best from 80s cinema, please remember, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to a podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Don't forget to subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For bonus content, you can find us on all social media channels by searching our handle at Buzz in the Tower. For more podcasts, information, or to contact us with topics you'd like us to talk about, visit our website, buzzinthetower.com. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, thetower.com. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Verde Media. Max, I couldn't be happier with the way our website looks. So good. Yeah. If you haven't had a chance to take a look at our website yet, you need to right away. These guys, website development, online marketing, they are outstanding. Am I exaggerating at all? It is so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend having them build you one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, look, they're the best of the best. And working with John, uh, their owner, a self-admitted 80s martial arts movie nerd was an absolute joy. Is that why you said best of the best? That is why I said that yeah. was a tip of the hat to John. Um, they're more than our sponsor. They're our partner. And if you are looking to build a website, they are the group to go to. Uh, find their link on our website and check them out, Verde Media. Today's episode, Remembering Patrick Swayze. Tomorrow, August 18th, 2021, would have been Patrick Swayze's 69th birthday. It is impossible to talk about 80s movies without mentioning his work. Swayze perfectly blended action hero, heartthrob, and big hair into an electric career on the big screen. Today on Buzz in the Tower, we'll remember an actor who did everything from cleaning up the double deuce to facing the mafia with a bow and arrow. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the Sylvia to my Sydney Schumacher, Max Sanders. And with that... She's like the wind through my tree. You think I'm going to steal your wallet? Well, you and I are the old <laughs> wallet thieves. The grifters from Dirty Dance. Those so the Schumachers almost got him fired. Was, they did get him fired. I thought you were like Joel Schumacher. No. Did him and Swayze ever get no, together? No, no, no. That would no. have been a great movie. This is pure Sydney and Sylvia. The old couple ceiling. Where do you come up with these sometimes? I am a creative gentleman. <laughs> Max, welcome to... This is... Uh, they're all exciting episodes, but this one, this feels different. The remembering ones are the most fun. The, we've done remembering Richard Donner and remembering John Candy. This is the third in the bunch, and it's totally instigated.
excited by his birthday coming up. We were talking about him. We've been going over his work. I mean, it's Patrick Swayze. Can you imagine if him, John Candy, and Richard Donner got together for a movie in the oh 80s? God. What would that have been? Cop uh, movie? Buddy cop? I feel like it would have been... Well, so... I, look, we're, there's, a lot, there's so much excitement yeah. in the air. I have to tell you before we even go any further, on top of all the movies that we're going to talk about today, I just want to get this out right now. He is responsible. Yeah, I'm going to say it. He's responsible for one of my two favorite Saturday Night Live skits ever. The Chippendale Dancer with Chris Farley. What's your other one? Mr. Peepers? Or? No, no. I think, I like my, I think my, no, my other one has got to be Walking walking oh, okay. More Cowbell. Oh, yeah, that's good. I, I got a fever. The only kill is more Cowbell. <laughs> I put on my pants one leg at a time, but when I'm done, I turn out gold records. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's all right. It's not, uh, not my best. I like the one where Adam Sandler got dumped and he's just talking to everyone in his interview. Like, how's Rachel? You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you, you understand Shut that. Up, all, right, all right. Anyways, Patrick Swayze and Chris Farley. Yep. Who like, who would have thought they both wouldn't be with us right now? But oh, yeah. that skit is probably the funniest Saturday Night Live skit ever. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got like everybody's working for the weekend, which I love that song. That's why he's acting his butt off in that. He, he really wants it. This is the beauty of look, we're already getting into it. Yeah. We got stuff Let's we gotta go. talk about. Well, we gotta talk about some stuff. Yeah. I got some exciting stuff to talk about. We put the challenge to the Buzz in the Tower fans. We we <laughs> challenged the fans. We said, hey, we had a contest for from our sponsors, 80stees.com. And all you have to do is get someone who is in an 80s movie. To shout us out on social Anybody. media. Anyone. They could be walking on the screen. Doesn't they, matter. Literally. So I am excited to announce that two of our fans came through for us. Big time. Let's start with our first winner, who you and I both love. Luke. 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 Yeah. Uh, his Instagram. Luke. <laughs> <laughs> you are. No, I'm just kidding. Um, he's got an Instagram handle that matches his podcast. His podcast is Bigger Trouble in Little China. And if you couldn't guess. It's a podcast and an Instagram page dedicated to one of the finest films ever made. Jack Burton forever. Luke got his friend, Gerald Akamura, who if has done a lot of stuff. You would know him as the golden six shooter bad guy. He was part of Lopan's squad in Bigger Trouble, Bigger Trouble, in Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, what were they called? Like the Wing Kong or something like that. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's our first winner. Congratulations, Luke. Excellent work. Our second winner equally as fantastic. Our good friend, Chris Adams, whose Instagram handle is retro life, the number four, and then you. So retro life for you. He got us Keith Coogan. Do you know who Keith Coogan is? Yeah, it's Brad from Adventures Brad and Babysitter. Brad from Adventures and Baby. You got to know him from the other one, too. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. I haven't seen that. It's you 90s. Gotta see that. That's I'm, 90s. I'm pretty sure that's him. It is 90s. I got to stretch the old imagination. Yeah. But yeah, he's the guy who's, I mean, he, him and I are basically brothers. We're both in love with Elizabeth Shue. It makes the same sense, right? Your Elizabeth Shue obsession is getting unhealthy. Every episode, yeah. I'll bring it up. Uh, so anyways, they both won. They got both of these actors to shout out Buzz in the Tower. So great work. We're going to take a break from doing any contests for a week because we got something cooking. So marinating. That's that's that. I got nothing else other than hopping into this topic. Is there anything lingering out there that we There's need to touch on? There's a lot of Swayze we got to cover. We got a lot of Swayze to cover in a short Let's amount put of time. In, are you wearing your tucked in pleated pants with your So many dress? pleats. Yeah. So many pleats. Roadhouse. Swayze, do you think he designed his own clothing for every every movie he was in? It seems like it. Like he didn't have a costume guy. He's I, like, can't, I can't entertain these insane thoughts that you Oh, have. also Graham Elliott, shout out the celebrity chef who's been on the show before. He said that all of Patrick Swayze movies are only two words. Roadhouse. Point Break. Point Break. Red Dawn. Red Dawn. Dirty Dancing. Tiger Warsaw. Steel Dan. I mean, Steel Dawn. Yeah, Steel Steely Steel Dan. Dan. <laughs> uh, the Outsiders. The Outsiders. Wow. Isn't that weird? That's super weird. Yeah, thanks, Graham. Yeah. Wow. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> My mind's a little bit blown. Yeah, I'm kind right? of paused out. Yeah. All right. All right, Max. I wonder if that's in his contract. Let's... Let's do what we always do. Mm. I know you're sitting on a pile of Swayze. 
And I want to. <laughs> it's, it's not gross at all. <laughs> I want to talk about the elephant in the room before we jump into any of this. Before we, because t- we'll do our standard thing. We'll talk about Swayze. What's the we'll elephant? Talk about, I'm going to tell you what the elephant is in a second. You'll you'll agree with me. You just don't know it yet because our it's next hiding. of kin hatred. My no, mind. No, you stop yours? it right yeah. now. Don't even talk about that. That's absurd. I love next of kin. Yeah, I'm saying the the, the, the well, you said our us. next of kin I know. hatred. I got I got flustered. Yeah, you got flustered. <laughs> Don't that's almost as bad as saying you don't like Goonies on an 80s movie podcast. No, but that's not. fine. I'm, whatever, whatever. So, no, the elephant in the room is we are an 80s movie podcast. And it is painful to me that we can't talk about Donnie Darko, Ghosts, or Point Break. Point Break. Yeah. <laughs> Point Break deserves to be in the 80s. Point Break. I mean, who was it? Sam, one of our Instagram fans that was saying like it technically was made in the 80s. It was just released in the it was 90s. In I was like, yeah. no, you can't go on that technicality. <laughs> it, it, every day I wake up and I have a pretty clean conscience, like I have a good life. But the one thing that weighs heavy on me every Bony. morning yeah. is the fact that I can't get on this podcast and spend an hour talking about Point Break is really hard for me to swallow. Give me two, Utah. Give me oh, two. God, Max. Okay, so yes, don't send us letters. We understand there's other movies. This is no different than when people are like, why don't you guys talk about Jaws or Rocky 1 or Rocky 2? I'm like, I get it. We're an 80s podcast. You got to live with it. Yeah. We're going to talk about Patrick Swayze. He's got 10 movies, feature films that he was in in the 80s. We're going to talk about those as well. Roller coaster ride of an 80s oh he's got some wild movies <laughs> it's insane I, look we did when we did john candy like it was hard to come across a candy movie i didn't like there was 18 candy movies yeah there are a couple movies in here that i will i, I love swayze but yeah. i'm like what is going on i found some hidden gems it's, it's interesting we talked about this when we were doing uh the donner films for, any, moves. for <laughs> anyone yeah for anyone listening the single best part about this podcast aside from getting to spend time with max sanders Aww, the single i know the single best part is in what circumstance in my life would I take time out and be like, you know what? I got Tuesday night. I'm watching Roadhouse. Yeah. Wednesday night. I'm watching Tiger Warsaw. Yeah. What is Tiger Warsaw? <laughs> Friday night. Are you going out, Mo? Nope. Staying at home. I'm going to watch a little flick called Steel Dawn. Woo. Not Red Dawn. Steel Dawn. <laughs> Granville, USA. USA. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, this, I have to tell you, that is my favorite part about the podcast. And if you ever need someone to go to the bar with you and do like trivia night, Max and I are your guys. You get up there and someone's like, name the first film that Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze were both in. And you're gonna, and yeah, you're not going to say Point Break, are yeah, you, Max? You're no. going to say Youngblood. Oh, yeah. Because you and I have watched a movie with Keanu Reeves with a French-Canadian accent <laughs> playing goalie yeah. at a hockey team that nobody knows about except you and I. It's amazing. People love Youngblood. Well, okay. yeah, because our fans are hardcore like us, but the average Joe has no idea that Patrick Swayze was in a movie with Keanu Reeves. In the greatest hockey movie of all time, yeah. Well, that's a bold what, slap shot? You're yeah, give me slap shot's a really good one. Mighty, D2, too. Mighty Ducks 2. Uh, Knuckle what, Puck. Um, Knuckle Puck. No, what's the other one that just came out? Goon? Uh, Goon. Goon, yeah, Goon's good. Goon's really yeah. good. Youngblood's good, but Youngblood <laughs> is blew my socks off. Well, like, you, your it, socks, it, it, you wear socks that are six <laughs> sizes too big because they are blown off all the time. Yeah, yeah, you got nothing. You're <laughs> yeah. like accurate, yeah. accurate. I give that statement six thumbs up. Oh, <laughs> I remember? Home, oh, I remember. Oh, absolutely, best food critic ever. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly how we, you and I are as critics. All right, Max. So start at the beginning. Patrick Swayze. Talk, okay. talk about him. Well, born August 18th, as we've talked about. Yes, 19, tomorrow. 1952. Mm-hmm. Born to Patsy Swayze, who was a choreographer. Yeah, ran, ran her own studio. Biggest studio in Texas. And you got to think, like, everything is bigger in Texas. Yeah, he was born in Houston. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a big, big city. I think, like, Urban Cowboy. Like, people knew how to dance. Oh, yeah. She was, like, corralling the best of them. Yeah, yeah. And his dad was a chemical engineer. Wayne Swayze, 1991 Sexiest Man of the Year. Very important to me. (laughs) You know he survived a small plane crash? No. Yeah. I did not know that. I don't know how you do that. What do you do? Just brace yourself? Yeah. Well, you, you tuck your head between your legs like well, they tell you on I the mean, cards. Sky, skydiving wise in uh, Point Break, you probably just jumped out. 
What? He really liked skydiving. He did. Yeah. Um, but what movie was it? He said the closest he was to dying, and it wasn't that movie. It wasn't Point Break. It Road wasn't House? skydiving. It was Roadhouse. Yeah, yeah, Roadhouse, he said it was the closest he ever came to dying working on a film because he did all of his own stunts and the fight scenes. And yeah, yeah. yeah. They like had to do 71 takes of certain yeah. fights. We'll he's talk got, about he's that later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Married to dancer Lisa Niemi. Yep. Who was a model from the She's Having a Baby. Mm -hmm. And also, she's Kasha in Steel Dawn. She's really good, actually. Yep. And she's also a violinist in Next of Kin. Small role. It seems like they not Helen Hunt. Is that Helen Hunt or Jodie Foster? Because you know, I flipped it. It's Helen Hunt. I know. Yeah, I'm yeah. kidding. I always <laughs> flip them. Uh, and you know, uh, not to be depressing, do you know what his last words were when he died? Oh, no. I what? love you to his wife. They seem like they had this really close relationship. You yeah. know what I mean? I, yeah, yeah. yeah. But fun fact now. Uh, he was Prince Charming in Disney on Parade. Yeah, Disney on Ice, right? Yeah, for about a year. And Cinderella was Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, shut up! I yeah. didn't know this. I didn't know the Cinderella part. Yeah, <laughs> and he was Danny Zuko in the original Broadway production of Grease. Which that money that yeah. he made from that is what started his career. He um, took the money that he got from doing uh, Grease and parlayed that into acting lessons for him and his wife. So he got married, I think, either like right out of college or like he was very young when he got married to Lisa. Yeah, and when they got out, that's they. That was the same acting school that like either De Niro or Pacino went to. And oh, wow. Yeah, that's that he used the money from that to do that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's a late bloomer. Like, his... 80s, you forget that he's like 29 to 40, basically, yeah, through that yeah, time. Well, yeah. I mean, 10 years, 29 to 30. Yeah, he's years. always playing roles like significantly younger. Yeah, yeah, but he has this kind of agelessness to him. And not just that, but like a lot of the roles, and we'll, when we jump in the movies, we'll talk about this, but I think his late bloomerness yeah. is a huge advantage to him because he always feels like the older brother or the uncle. He has this leadership quality to him that, I mean, I mean look, The Outsiders, obviously. Absolutely. But even, yeah. like, even like Red Dawn, that was Charlie Sheen's first movie ever, and if you listen to Charlie Sheen get interviewed about Patrick Swayze, it's like really endearing. He's like, he showed us how to act. He showed us how to shoot guns. He showed us how to like be in the moment of this film. You know, it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. And he, he's okay. showing his sensitive side too. He's not like above anything, you know, he can be the big action guy, but he can cry. I don't think anyone else, like you said, had his dynamic of being a five tool player, right. like in baseball, right? He could do it all. Yeah. Dancing, crying, emotion, and also his voice. So I get wrapped up on weird details of people. No. <laughs> so he has this deep gravelly voice. Yeah. And it can be this calm whisper. And when he yells, there's this kind of vibration behind it. And very few actors have it. Like Billy Zapka has it when he goes like, enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or Al Pacino and John Goodman have Hua! it. Yeah. They can really just kind of like, you kind of just in your seat, you startle and like move yeah. up. Yeah. He had that about him. You know, one of the things too, he's an amazing athlete, right? Football and, star in high school. And, right. And that's, that's the thing that's interesting. He had scholarships for athletics and for dancing yeah. to go to college. And he talked about how he used to get made fun of all the time because he loved ballet. And it's some of those people that don't just fall in line and do the things to avoid being ridiculed, grow up to have the most fantastic lives and careers because he didn't care. He blended these things that seem diametrically opposed to each other. Yep. He was this jock who loved ballet. Yeah. You know, like, and that, that's why, like, when you see him do absurd stuff, like even his action in all of his films, all the action he does, it's so beautiful and swan-like, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Swan yeah. yet you're still like, yeah, it's an action <laughs> film. Like, you know, you're still like, get her done. Yeah. But like, it's it's this soft, beautiful, long-haired gentleman yeah. who's doing all that. That's so funny to me, you know? But clearly he was affected by how people thought about his dancing because yeah. on Dirty Dancing, the audition, he didn't write he was a dancer and they wrote him off. And then one of the producers was like, no, no, no. He actually is one of the best dancers out there. Was that more though? Because of his knee injury. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. And that, and that's the other thing too, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, God bless his knee injury because his knee injury is the only reason, he became, it's exactly. the only reason he became an actor. He was going down the other path of being more like stage acting. And then that knee injury is what led him into being a full-time actor. God bless it. Because he's in our life now. I know. Forever. Forever. What else you got on Patrick Swayze? Anything? 
some of the roles that he turned down are crazy. He what? was a, approached about Predator Two, orig- originally cast. <laughs> Predator Two, yeah. Oh, instead, he could have made it work. Well, what he, was he approached to play Danny Glover's role or to play Busey's role? I believe Danny Glover. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, originally cast in Tango and Cash. Yeah, that's right. I did know knee that. injury from. Roadhouse. We talked about yeah. We talked about that in Tango and Cash. Yeah, because he was huge by that time. Mid like mid to late eighties, he started just exploding. Yeah, and also considered for Martin Riggs and Connor McLeod and the original Batman. Wow. I mean, Swayze's <laughs> Batman does it. He's got the hooded eyes, so maybe. Swayze could have done Batman. If Val, Kilmer, so? if Val Kilmer could do Batman. You shut your mouth. <laughs> I love Batman uh, Forever. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm did saying you not it, enjoy Batman Forever? I did. Okay. That's my point. I'm saying if, if, if Kilmer could have done it, Val Kilmer and Patrick Swayze have a little bit of like yeah. similarities to that. The dancing. A the little kind of bit of a feel. Tool. Just like the, the handsomeness mixed with the absurdity, yeah. mixed with the action. You know, like. And they're both funny. They are. <laughs> What? Nothing. Just you love Kilmer. Stop saying what. Every time I look at you, you say what. Knock it off. God. I have a few quotes that are a little bit sad, but but at the end. It's classic, Max. He goes, I've had more lifetimes than any other 10 people put together. And it's been an amazing ride. So this is okay. Good. Yeah. That's not sad. That's nice. Yeah. I like that. It's like that. Yeah. All right. Great. Thanks, Max. (laughs) What do we want to talk about next? It's movies. Movies. Let's start where we should start. The, the Outsiders. Okay. Are you doing movie synopsises today or am I doing them? We can switch off. Uh, or you can do them all. Whatever. Okay. May have put you to work. Yeah, let's do it. Earn your keep. So he plays Daryl Curtis. She's like, the w- I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> There's a rhyme. Whoa, 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 whoa. See, this, we always talk about this. If you're going to do, you got to do a movie. You got to start off. You got to say. 1983. boy, man. Come on, draw me Get into it. Give me the trailer. Living. Give me okay. the trailer. In a world where there's a rivalry between two gangs, the poor greasers and the rich socias. Socias? Yeah. It only heats up when one gang member kills a member of the other. Watch and see what happens. <laughs> Perfect. In right? 1983, which is the year of this movie. Every single thing about this movie. Take Patrick Swayze out of it for a second. This movie's incredible. The process, the audition, the way that it got made. Can I start? I've got some facts. Yeah. I just, I've got some You're facts. Let's do it. I, I'm not on all these movies, but on this one, I've got some facts that blow my mind. So, first of all, to your point about him being a late bloomer, Swayze plays uh, Derry. And he was 15 years older than C. Thomas Howell, who played Pony Boy. Swayze and Macho in this movie were the only two adults. Everybody else was a kid. Uh, Macho's an adult. Macho, Macho was 21 in this movie. He looks like he's 12. Yeah. And, and Swayze's 35, right? Yeah. So Dennis Quaid lost. No, Swayze's lost 29. 29? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. See, this is the danger of me going first with facts. Uh, Dennis Quaid lost the role to Swayze. Scott Bayo tried out too. He did. Um, so I, I'm not going to, you'll probably talk more about the audition process, but I find this fascinating. So this book was written by Essie Hinton and this was a teenage girl. She wrote this when she was in high school. She was looking at the landscape of books, you know, at this time, typical education in public high schools. They were giving you these classic works of you know literature that didn't resonate with their experience. So she wrote something that resonated with her experience. This book became so popular. And this librarian, years later, kept on seeing all these kids were reading this book. They were reading this book. So a librarian in Fresno, California, had her seventh and eighth grade class sign a petition to go to Francis Ford Coppola to make this into a feature film. He got the petition and that's why the outsiders got made into a movie. That's insane. They then screened it for her and the kids when it came out. That's so cool. Isn't that wild? Yeah, we can do that. We Uh, should do that. You and I should not be sending people letters (laughs) at all. Um, Dear life serious. Terrible, terrible idea. The only other thing, and again, I'm going to shut up after this and let you go, but the only other thing that I thought was kind of cool is uh, Coppola, he shot the film on video first. Uh, Machio did the same thing on the Karate Kid. Yeah. And a lot of these large ensemble casts, they would do this so that they would get used to blocking and how it should look. So they spent two weeks doing that and then went back and reshot the whole thing in film, which I thought was fascinating. Oh, that's really neat. Max, hit me. You're frothing at the mouth. What do you got? Well, I mean, the audition for 
this was unlike anything that had ever happened. 30 people yeah. in a room. Yeah. yeah. And it's like Val Kilmer, Scott Bayo, like, Everyone who was everyone. Yeah. And what Coppola would do was you'd audition for two or three roles and he'd be like, switch. Now you're, you know, now you're Pony Boy. Let's right. go again. Yeah, yeah. And it was like a madhouse. Yeah. I mean, Coppola's bananas. A little bit. <laughs> bananas, you say. Oh, no. Per- perhaps. War of the day. No, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> Apparently I say bananas a lot. Apparently. Yeah. Next week's episode is called Review, Review of Bananas. <laughs> Revenge of the Bananas. <laughs> but I really like the way like you said he teaches people you know who he's with he taught tom cruise how to do that backflip off the car you mean the one that he bit <laughs> no he got up well he, he ate it though <laughs> no he didn't yes he did you ever seen that behind the scenes he ate it i mean you could say <laughs> swayze inadvertently started tom cruise's career as an action star there you go perfect yeah, this perfect. is it <laughs> and i like he had people hanging out at the house yeah. for like two three days beforehand like sleeping over and getting to know each sure. other and i don't know just swayze is the older brother you know what i mean like he says kiddo little man this uh, this to me is a great great example of when you watch him in this, like the scene he has with his two brothers, right? Yeah. So like he's sitting there and jo- uh, Pony Boy rolls into the house late and you can feel, I mean, this is my favorite part about Swayze and it comes up in a lot of his films, not all of them, but it comes up in a lot of them. I really could feel his fear and frustration about losing his two brothers. Yeah. You know, the argument where he's like, I can't even call the cops because if children's protective services comes, they're taking you away and I'm going to lose you and your brother. And like just this, this rage and anger of fear of losing him and this love that he had for his brother. And he's thrust into this horrible situation. His parents die. He has to take care of his two brothers. Everything about that scene to me is just like total Swayze. Me and you got different things out of this. Movie. I'm a well aware Max. I, I, I was about to say, I like when he flipped over the fence when they're about to go fight. Remember he does like the kind of like athletic, over the fence thing and I I like his jeans you are literally one inch deep and (laughs) and two mile wide it's incredible like I'm gonna just call you Puddle my new nickname for you is Puddle Shallow Shallow McPuddles Shallow McPuddles that's really good Um, I love his I love his performance in this this is a movie where God help us if we ever try to recast The Outsiders because there's nobody to recast who the hell would even put it in they have every great person in this it's incredible Weird Al Weird Al yeah (laughs) Uh, Max, seeing as how we have 10 movies to cover and less than an hour to do it, we should probably get moving, right? Uh, Moving from The Outsiders, this is another one of these movies where I was like, I'd never heard of this movie. Never. And I watched it, I was like, dear God, this is like... Incredible. Missing in action meets Delta Force meets Rambo, like First Blood. Like, it's it's amazing. It's one of the greatest montages of the 80s, It's a great... Easy on one of the greatest. Eat easy puddles. Seven thumbs up. Eat easy puddles. Uh, Uncommon Valor. 1983. talks to me about it. Tell me about it. So, Soothe my ears. <laughs> Gene Hackman is like Gene a, Hackman. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. One of the greatest actors of all time. Yeah. Ten years after his son went MIA in Vietnam, he assembles a private rescue team to find Americans held in a POW camp. Which at the time, this was a huge topic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is basically Chuck Norris's missing in action, but better. <laughs> Go ahead. Uncommon Valor. Gene Hackman puts a team together. Yeah. I mean, Randall Tex Cobb, who, if you don't know who he is, he's the motorcycle dude from Raising Arizona. And I think he's the best role ever. He's got a grenade around his neck and he's just like a loose cannon in his sane asylum. There's a scene in this movie (laughs) that is the fastest, like, transition to understanding what's going on, right? So Swayze's character gets in a fight with Tex, right? So it's like, nobody knows this. They bring Swayze in. He's this young Marine who is, like, dishonorably discharged and he's going to help help train these older guys who haven't been and in, they're like, in the we don't trust you. And so they're doing the Navy SEAL carry the giant, you know, telephone pole of your shoulder training. Yeah. So he drops it and Randall Tex Cobb and Swayze get into a fight with each other. And Swayze's a bit a reasonably big dude. Yeah. Randall's huge. He's huge. <laughs> and he beats him up pretty bad. Good and, fight. and he's like, he's like, you're not gonna stop me from this mission. And 
Tex is like, why do you, why do you care so much? And then Gene Hackman's like out of eyesight and you hear him go, I'll tell you why he cares. <laughs> His father went missing in action in Vietnam. And immediately, immediately the whole group of guys, including the guy who uh, used to work with Al Bundy at the shoe store, whose name I can't think of right now. The basketball dude from Inside Moves. There you go. Yeah. And also Tim Thomerson, who's the current, who's Colonel Ted Masters yes. from Iron Eagle. Yes. Oh, you love Chappy. Iron Eagle. Chappy. <laughs> so Tex picks him up yeah. and puts him over his shoulder because yeah. that's when the crew learned to love him. Yeah. This movie is pure 80s garbage. Lock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. It's total garbage. I would recommend it to anyone who likes these type of movies and like Swayze. It, it was fun to watch. You know who the director is? Uh, no. Is it the director of Red Dawn? No, it's director of First Blood. Oh, Ted, uh, K, Ted, K, right? Ted Kotcheff. Kotcheff. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Starts with a K. I was close. Yeah. I knew that. Also, the guy who played Blaster in this movie, the explosives guy with the yep. blonde hair. Yep. He's insane. A little bit. I liked him. I, it's a good, it's he, a, it was a fun movie. It is. It's a fun movie. Yeah. Like it definitely, you see this all the time, right? Like superhero movies. All of a sudden you see a batch of like a bunch of them come out. Yeah. These were the, like the go get our boys back from Vietnam movies. And there were like seven or eight of them yeah. that came out during this period of time. So Swayze regales us as Scott the Marine in his <laughs> second. The Scott the Marine. Scott's such a Marine name. Yeah. And that's Uncommon Valor, which then takes us, Max, to an another movie. Had no idea existed no. until we started doing this episode. <laughs> 1984, Granville, USA. Ernie Slam Webster. I mean, what a name. Demolition Derby driver <laughs> extraordinaire. I mean, the main plot of this is like a young dreamer wants to get into oceanography which is not Swayze. No, it's, it's C. Thomas, Thomas Howell. C. Thomas Hall. Yeah. yeah. And Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Mike, owns a demolition derby. I know I've said this before. Jamie Lee Curtis gives Elizabeth Shue a run for her money. She's incredible in this movie. She is like, not only is she gorgeous, but she's like really fun in this movie. Yeah. And like, she's got range. And like, I, every time I see a movie with her in it, I kind of remind myself, like, I really do love her. She's one of my favorite actresses. She's fantastic. She is. I even like her yogurt commercials. I think they're fun. I drink. Stevia. You drink yogurt? I mean, I melt it. Yeah, there you go. That's cool. <laughs> She's Like the Wind, which you may have heard me singing at the beginning of this uh, episode, Yes, was originally written for this movie. There's a reason why this was originally written for a bunch of movies and didn't <laughs> come into it. So he had a lot of talents singing. Oh, so you stop it right now. He's a, so he's a beautiful singer. <laughs> do you know who else? Do you know who was offered the role of Tim Pearson in this movie? Yes, I do. It's uh, Kevin Costner. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's so insane. Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine? Kevin Costner? Yeah. In this movie, kind of. Oh my god! <laughs> so yeah, this whole movie is—I mean, well, it's directed by Randall Klesler, yeah, who did *Grease*, *Blue Lagoon*, *Flight of the Navigator*, and *Big Top Pee Wee*. Yeah, so it it's, feels it, like it's campy. Yeah, it's like la da da. I mean, he's in—he's in—he's in his bathtub with his scuba gear on. <laughs> so the, well, the music—the dream music video where he's wearing a double C. Thomas House wearing yeah. a pink. Oh, that's right. Suit. There's a whole there's a whole montage scene. A dance the, scene, a and dance they scene didn't have Patrick Swayze in it. Yeah. What were they thinking? Uh, maybe his knee was sore. <laughs> so this this whole movie, again, another movie I would definitely recommend watching. It's basically small town kid graduating from high school. His father is on city council. Yeah. And they're basically trying to like run a demolition derby out of town. Yeah. And it's like more than demolition derby, isn't it? Like a junkyard too yeah. and some other stuff. So Jamie Lee Curtis runs this with her mom and her special needs little brother. Yep. Okay. And <laughs> Swayze and Jamie Lee Curtis have this like ongoing friendship with each other. And Some that, sparks. Yeah. And like Swayze's married to this woman who's having like affairs She's on terrible. him. And he loses his mind and trashes the dude's car. And, and he gets drunk bulldozes. Video games. Yeah. Doesn't he bulldoze the, the, the house they're yeah. in or something? Lock me up. It's a crime to feel this oh good. Oh my God. <laughs> the whole. And so then eventually C. Thomas Howell falls in love with Jamie Lee Curtis. But Understandably. It, but it, it's, it's more of like a Crush. older woman, yeah. younger guy mentoring, quick love affair. But at the end, you 
you get what you want, which is Jamie Lee Curtis and Swayze together, yeah. which is great. It's they, a power they, couple. They should have been together. Definitely a power couple. Worth the, what is it, 90 minutes? 92 minutes? It's, it's worth the like watch. Yeah. What's two hours? Yeah, it was longer. It felt like 90 minutes, Max. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Max, from Granville, USA, we go to... Wolverines! Yeah. Red Dawn, 1984. It's the dawn of World War III. In the West Mountains of America, a group of teenagers band together to defend their town, their country, from invading Soviet forces. America! This is another movie where totally relevant to the time it came out. Because this was like a legitimate fear. Yeah, Cold War stuff. Oh, absolutely. Rocky hadn't ended yet. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) If if we can change (laughs) and you can change. John Milius, have you ever seen him interviewed or like learned anything about him because it's incredible no that's the director right yeah old school gruffy voice john mctinneran kind of thing? yeah like fringe america and oh okay when he, Did he inter- write this movie yeah he was the writer also um when he was auditioning <laughs> leah thompson yeah leah thompson walked in and he said i got three questions for you and you america no basically like can you ride a horse can you shoot a gun and have you ever killed needs something <laughs> And like, she was like, answered yes. He goes, what'd you shoot and kill? She's like a squirrel. And he's like, did you eat it? She's like, yes. He's like, you're hired. (laughs) That's this guy, right? Yeah. And he took Swayze and was like, called him his lieutenant and put him basically in charge of corralling all these kids and teaching them how to act. So he didn't do actor notes. He gave all of his actor notes through Swayze. Wow. It's speculated that in part, this is where the initial friction started between him and Jennifer, Jennifer Grey. Gray. Yeah. Because he was put in a position where he had to basically, and he also went all method actor on this. He didn't leave his he character. He was Jen Eckhart? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you put that together, plus you know him being a little domineering, and Jennifer Grey wanted nothing to do with it. Interesting. What else? What do you got? I mean, they're trained by real Green Berets for eight weeks. Yeah. Do you know how long eight weeks is? A long time. That's more than seven weeks and That's, less than nine. And almost twice, four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> he got frostbite during this movie. Yeah. Said it felt like uh, needles in his fingers or something like that? Yeah, negative 17 degrees Celsius. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what that translates it to. That, no, you're not good with that kind of <laughs> stuff. Um, there are no computer graphic effects, no key composites, no miniatures. All of the explosives in this movie, actual size. Yeah. That's kind of cool. It was wild. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the quotes from him too. It's like, let it turn into something else when they their friend dies and they're yep. trying to like, you know, no, that's when their dad dies, right? When their dad dies. Harry Dean yeah, Stanton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was great. Yeah. Avenge me. <laughs> I'm going to say that when I die. You should. Those should be your last words. No crying ever again. Five of the 36 paratroopers in the beginning of the movie got blown so far off course, almost a full mile. And one of them got stuck in a tree and they had to convince locals that they weren't really enemy soldiers. So like, <laughs> like, like yeah, the locals were, yeah, they were like, oh my God, what's going on? Because that's how real this was at the time to all of them yeah (laughs) that's wild isn't that nuts did you know c thomas howell had been a rodeo cowboy no as a job so he already knew how to ride horses uh what other crazy stuff well via condios from point break is from this from this yeah the plot which is soviet and cuban invasion from mexico was based on a cia and war college study of u.s weaknesses at the time so they actually like took a real study and they're like this is where they say our weakest spots are wow that is (laughs) that terrifying yeah totally terrifying never happened though so we're good uh the movie made the guinness book of world records for having the most acts of violence which is funny we talked about how rambo 3 owned that for a little bit too um and then i don't have a whole lot else on this movie other than i just i happen to love this yeah it's a fun ride it's a, it's a it's a really good movie. Good, not great. I don't know if I've said good, not great. I kind of think it's great. He basically he, the same character he played in the Outsiders is yeah. who he played in this movie. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. I like I, I happen to love who he was in the Outsiders. He's he's this big brother thrust into having to be a dad. Like that's basically the role, right? I just don't like that. And sadly, you know, what I mean, it's not like, that sad. A lot of them die. Yeah, but you know, but the bad guy realizes he's bad, and it looks like U.S. is going to get its freedom back. Yeah. <laughs> 
I want it happier than you that. You want it happier. Speaking of happier, oh, let's get to the next one. man. The greatest sports movie of the Old 80s. Old Youngblood. <laughs> 1986 hockey thriller. Oh, my God. Keanu, I, my name is Keanu Reeves. Hello. He's a minor part <laughs> in this. Swayze and Rob Lowe. You can't ignore it. Do you know, do you know that Keanu Reeves was a really good goalie, yeah. hockey goalie? They called him the wall. <laughs> in this movie or no in, in real life no i didn't know that yeah, yeah. So, so, look, so look look explain the movie i thought that was from his intelligence Ex- level explain the movie <laughs> the wall okay, don't talk that way about him <laughs> ever <laughs> easy i am an fbi agent i mean swayze knew how to figure skate for this of course so i think it's really him on the ice so a 17 year old farm boy played by rob lowe is offered an ice hockey tryout, and he has fast legs and slow fists. Will he learn to play? I mean, I'm doing... No, this is not... No, I love it. Okay. I love it. (laughs) Will he learn to play ice hockey the Canuck way? Will he get the coach's cute daughter? Question mark. He he did get the coach's cute daughter. Who is that actress, by the way? I I don't know, but I have a story that I can't even tell on the air (laughs) about about this. Rob Lowe is out of control. In this movie? In life. He is out of control. So, well, I was saying, Counter Reeves had hockey experience when he was being cast. He was their team's MVP. He was called The Wall. You mentioned Patrick Swayze had figure skating training, and Rob Lowe had to be taught how to ice skate. He had never even (laughs) ice skated before. Well, I guess the guy who played his dad was a former professional hockey player who taught him, too. But Uh, this is everything I want from a sports movie. It's like the team that's really together, the cool guy. Swayze playing Derek Sutton. He's just the coolest guy in the room. The like, movie's great. Yeah. And, and, and again, you have you have Swayze again playing this role of he's more mentor. Yes, he definitely is not as straight laced as he is. He's in, a prankster. He is a prankster. He's got the jock strap on his face. But he's still the, the, the older brother mentor. He tricks young blood into getting wasted the night before practice. Yes, that, that is, is really true. funny. That is true. Well, they all do. They or all the blood, have like a ton of those shots of tequila. The and, Bloody Mary with the teeth prank. They uh, put the teeth in it. Yeah. I, but that's hockey players too. That's like culturally how hockey players are. So this is loosely based on the hockey experience of the writer and director, uh, Peter Markle. And it's funny when they were shooting those scenes, he was like on ice with them, helping them. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Good uh, hockey scenes. Very good hockey scenes. You know, now is a great time to take a commercial break. Uh, So why don't we stop and give a little shout out to our ads. Buzz in the Towers brought to you by Capsiva Pain Relieving Gel. And I can tell you that if you're sitting at a table across from a guy who has to go to the bathroom every 25 minutes, you're going to get arthritis. You're going to get muscle soreness, psoriasis. Um, Capsiva is all natural. It's okay. Capsiva is all natural and designed to increase blood flow for the healing and pain relief process. Uh, Try it for free at capsiva.com. That's C-A-P-S-I-V-A.com. And uh, you know, Max, I'm an old man, and I need this kind of stuff. It works. is it's it's great stuff. Yeah, it's like Wilford Brimley and Cocoon. You know what I mean? It's, you feel revitalized. It, that's exactly what it's like. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Lindsay Larravee Photography. Uh, if you have checked out our website, hopefully you have. You've seen the amazing photos that were put up there. Lindsay, so good. Yeah, Lindsay and her team did all of those. She teased my hair. She was she was fun to work with. Uh, just made the whole experience really exciting for us. She has been taking photos of families, children, and smiles in Metro Detroit since 2017. Um, She loves what she does, and it shows. She works with her clients, catches everything in the moment, and adores watching the connections and relationships unfold in front of her lens. If you mention Buzz in the Tower, you get $25 off any family session in 2021. You can find Lindsay on our website under our sponsors page. Uh, Check her up and get some work done. She is fantastic. Yeah, she made us look good. She can make anyone look good. Well, Max... That last commercial, all I can say is I've had the time of my life. You stole my line. <laughs> I never the felt ads. this way before. Uh, uh, 
had the time of my life. AFI's top 100 movie songs. Is it number one? Uh, no, it's on there though. It's what's not number, what's number one. number one? I don't know, Max. Jesus. <laughs> it's probably not in the 80s. Dirty Dancing, 1987. This movie is before you give the synopsis up. No, give the synopsis. I always do that. I, I jump in front of you. Okay. Tell, tell me, tell me about this movie. <laughs> 19, talk to me. Talk to me. 1987, the little movie that could. If anyone wants to watch movies that made us. It's a great show one, on Netflix. Gotta yeah. watch that. Yeah. This one. This, this movie, one's great. This is insane. This yeah. movie had no one wanted to touch it and somehow it became one of the biggest movies she's like the wind <laughs> yeah this is where it finally went it right? finally yeah. made it found a home it found a home anyways the movie 1963 spending the summer at the catskills resort with her family francis baby houseman falls in love with the camp's dance instructor johnny castle johnny played by our patrick swayze oh man in one of the most emotional romantic Strange roles of all time. This is a movie, and it's not just because of the dancing. Period. It's not just because of the dancing. I put it in that special category where the guys who try to act like they're guys, guys, and they're tough, and, oh, you know, I only want to watch Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Everybody loves Dirty Dancing. I don't think anyone denies it. Have you had anyone be I like, think do it, you have any friends like that? No, but I think it just flirts enough with femininity and dancing and the grinding and, and i think it just flirts with it no the grinding is not an example of what i'm referring to and when you say it with your eyes the way they look it makes me uncomfortable <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry you're like in the grinding i don't know watching swayze grind is uncomfortable for nah, i don't know but yeah. for, ironically of all the things that you'd be uncomfortable about that no, other mind. people other um, people yeah, yeah. yeah no this just is one of those I like it. this is one of those movies where it's the most masculine movie but in a very non-traditional masculine way does that make sense? Yeah. And like, also they give real female parts and like you could relate to baby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, and this, it was about important issues. The too. movie is carried and led by her. Yeah. I mean, like he's fantastic. Her and her, her father is right? really the relationship. Oh God. Yeah. It's the best. The best. You let me down too, Briscoe. dad. <laughs> Lieutenant Briscoe. Brisket. <laughs> Detective Brisket. He's amazing on Law and Order. He's amazing. Great. Yeah, he is. He's great, he's great in everything. He's great in this. But I, oh, he's fantastic in this. You know, Dirty Dancing is, is a movie I remember like, I remember watching this with my mom. Like I remember like this just was like a multi-generation great movie that everyone loved yeah because it was it had real subject matter in it and talked about real things but it never came across gratuitous it never came across inappropriate it was just like very well balanced it felt like a real life situation like yeah. this could have happened absolutely yeah it was like wholesome with edge so they did the the test whatever it's called the uh, test footage at the beginning when they were auditioning yeah and i guess it was magical swayze and jennifer gray the the video that you, i think you said you could find it on youtube yeah or a tiktok there's magic there and he had to convince her to do this movie because she did not like him from Red Dawn. And there were a couple times during the shooting where like tensions got really bad and the director would pull them aside, sit them down and show them the audition tape to like remind them why they were there. <laughs> and it would like re-energize them and they would chill out. And he was a first time director. He'd yeah. done shorts. He yeah. won an Oscar short before this, but yeah. never directed a real this movie. Is a, this movie, it got made by a video producer, not an actual studio. So in your opinion, I'm curious what you think. Is this the movie that was like the aha moment for people on Patrick Swayze? Yeah, there's two different kinds of people that love Swayze. There's the general fan that likes all sides of him. And then there's the rough and tumble, give me Roadhouse. I think Roadhouse speaks to people in a different way. So, so I would argue, I would argue, I think you're right. I would argue mass appeal. This was his Absolutely. Movie. This yeah. is the movie that like this everybody knew who he this was. This is his apex. Well, Ghost is his apex. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Ghost is a ghost is like ghost was the game changer, right? Like we sit here, we talk all day about point break. Cause you and I love point break and everybody knows point break and everybody loves point break. But ghost was like, I mean, ghost like broke every box office record. Yeah. But I feel like you had Whoopi Goldberg at her peak. You had Demi Moore. I well, mean like when's the last time you had a ghost conversation with someone yeah, but because that's you and I are two dudes talking about 80 movies. 
But I mean, who, I thought, who, who of our friends is going to sit down and be like, hey, let's talk about Ghost. We quote Point Break all the time. Right. That's one of his movies. That's a, well, what, what's the deal? George, what are we doing? <laughs> Why aren't we talking about Dirty Dancing? Yeah, That's yeah. the real question. Swayze wore a girdle. Yeah. I don't like that story. I hate. I knew you were going to bring it up. When I read that, I'm like, Max is going to totally bring this up because he wanted to look more fit and in shape and whatever. It was great. The soundtrack of this movie is pure fire. Oh, it's unbelievable. Pure fire. The writer of this movie, she had all these songs in mind. She's like, no, no, no. These are all going in. I yeah. don't care what it costs. So I remember being in college and being in a football game and hearing, hey, hey, baby. And then everyone in the crowd goes, who? Ha. Ah. Yeah. I want to know. So I'm sitting there thinking, why are they playing the song from Dirty Dancing? That's the first thing that went through my head. Um, there's that. There's uh, She's Like the Wind. The Loverboy one. Hey, I, had, Loverboy. Uh, I still wouldn't let him. <laughs> Baby. Yeah, I mean, it's a great movie. Great soundtrack, great movie. And I think this is when Patrick Swayze said, I've arrived. Yeah. Right. When he jumps off the stage. Oh, my God. That's his moment. Yeah. You're just great. like, you did it, buddy. Oh, when he picks her up, too. That's hard. Yeah. We should, try, we should try that one. We should not. I did it with my kids when they were younger. Really? Yeah. yeah. Do you have oh, pictures? I don't, think I, I don't think so. I'm trying to think. Do I let my kids see this? I don't know. Maybe. It's a little, it's, it's a little, little it's a little, yeah, a little bit. This takes us to, this is, in my opinion, the biggest pile of crap that he ever did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Look, I, I still, I liked watching it, like, yeah. it, it, but it is, it's called Steel Dawn. Yes, <laughs> it, it came is. out in 1987. It is a combination of... It's Mad not, Max. Yeah, it's just a Mad Max rip. But it's more than that. It's got Mad Max. It's got a little bit of like the sand people from Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. At the beginning of the movie. Right. Yeah. yeah I guess so. It's got mysticism. It's got a little crawl in it. I mean, it's yeah. got like a little of all this and you don't even, it's so bad. I mean, it's cool. His wife and him are in it. So I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. But like the and his old, name is Nomad. Yeah. Then what's his face? Uh, Breon James. Yes. Um, is that the guy who's also the bad guy in Tango and Cash? Yeah, and Blade Runner too. And Blade Runner, yeah. yeah. So he he was actually I liked him as a good guy. Like I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Everything else in this movie sucked. It was like not. Very good. Arnold Arnold Voslo's in this movie. All right, talk about the movie. Tell everybody what Do the movie. Do you know Arnold about. Voslo is? I don't. He's uh, Emotab from The Mummy. This is him super I young. I have never seen the movie. Shut up. I've never seen The Mummy. Do you hate Brandon Fraser purposely? No, do you know that he's uh, working on a project? Yeah, like, I'm a Martin Scorsese. Yeah. I'm aware. Are you not in the Brandon Fraser beehive? No, I love him. I just haven't seen that movie. You haven't seen his greatest performance? All right, calm down right now. Whatever. We both know that Encino Man is his greatest performance. No, it's School Ties. School Ties is really good. Yeah. You know, Coward! Do you know School Ties could have been The Outsiders? The Outsiders. Yeah. Because of all of the successful people that were yeah. that could have gone. Damon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but like, let's go back. Tell everybody what this crap movie is about post-apocalyptic world it's so bad warrior wandering through the desert what's that what's that awful movie with uh with not is it richard gear uh water world this is like oh this is like a I cheap love kevin costner water world's oh, awesome oh man dennis world. hopper i don't know Dry all, right, all right go ahead go ahead sorry sorry you really sorry. don't like water world no go i'm sorry go ahead i'm not gonna talk Screw anymore you, i know i know but I mean, I like these kind of movies. Yes. Cheese, right. ham. What's it about? T talk to the people. Tell well, them what this is. Post-apocalyptic post world. A warrior is just wandering through the desert, finds a group of settlers, and they're menaced by a murderous gang, and he kind of battles them for water. And his buddy is killed at the beginning. Yeah. And, and he's got a dog. Yeah. And he, and he finds, That's everything, too. Like He the, meditates the, on his head. The Mad Max elements of it are so overwhelming. The dog. The, well, like, the box office was great on this, though. I know, man. This, this Do was, you know? Because I was kidding. This was a stinker. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said the box office was great on these types of movies. No, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Made this is a huge flop. $560,000. <laughs> I don't know who went to this. I'd like to find <laughs> I would have gone. 500 grand. 
was it five bucks a ticket back in the eighties? So how many people is that? Hundred thousand. Hundred thousand people. Yeah. I want to. I want. If you're out there and you saw this in the theaters, reach out to Buzz in the Tower. I want to know who you are. I know it's really watchable. Water scarce. I feel that. Yeah. I mean, then he's the whole meditation thing. I love that. I don't, you don't use your calm app in the morning? No, I don't, dude. Close your eyes. I don't even want to talk about this movie. Okay. Good martial arts. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> All right, moving on. Let me, let me see if I have any facts on it. I don't think I do. No, you know what? You can tell this is a terrible movie when you go to IMDb and I looked for And quotes. there's like nothing. I looked for quotes. There's no quotes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is. I do. I do like, I will say this. It is. <laughs> Knowing how much he loved his wife and knowing about their relationship, their like, good. You, and, if, and if you like Patrick Swayze, this is not like an unbearable movie to sit through, but it, it's very much been done so many times before. And it's really not his sweet spot. No, he's not a sci-fi guy. Yeah. Like I think of Patrick Swayze. I don't think of sci-fi. No. Right. Because he hasn't done anything else. Sci-fi. Right. Right. Uh, Donnie Darko. He was amazing. I don't want to talk about yeah. Donnie Darko. Okay. <laughs> Max, that takes us to, so this is on the other side of the spectrum. This is a movie. The next one, the most misleading title ever in the, history, in the um, history, ever in the history of movies, Tiger Warsaw, 1988. And this movie is a totally obscure, weird movie, but I love it. I really enjoy this. Really? It's, it's weird and it's out of pocket for him. And it's about addiction and redemption. Yeah. And I just really dug it. I thought it was good. It's like a play. There is a, a theatrical element to it like that. I agree. Yeah, it's just like everyone's emotions on their sleeve. Tell me about Tiger Warsaw. I mean, Chuck, aka Tiger Warsaw, brought sorrow to his family when he shot his father when he was kind of, I don't know, when he was robbing him or something like that. I, they, never, kind of, they never made it clear. It was like a lot of flashbacks. Yeah. It seemed like he was like, he was heavy into addiction yeah. and yeah, yeah, but something happened. And 15 years later, he comes back to town. He's clean. Yeah. Yeah. Tries to pick up the pieces and chaos ensues. Yeah. And this movie's been. <laughs> Grapefruits. It's grapefruits. It's grapefruits. Absolute grapefruits. It's really, it's really weird. Yeah. It's got a weird pace and it doesn't tell you all the bits and pieces of the story, but I, I liked his performance in it. Like he, he was very believable as just being the angst that he had and that he wanted to reconnect with his family and that his sister was keeping him from connecting with his family and she was getting married yeah. and his old best friend, you is know, it, is that the guy from bosom buddies and bachelor party? She's the best friend from bachelor yeah, yeah, party. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, of course, yeah, of course. Okay. Um, no, I, it, again, it's not his best work, yeah. but it's more watchable than Steel Dawn. It's so misleading, though. I saw him in the GTO in the beginning, like the black GTO. I'm you like, thought this right, was good. Movie. You thought Tiger Warsaw was like Cobra 2. Yeah, Tiger sh- Warsaw. Shoot him up. I mean, come on, that title. How is it an emotional movie with that? It was a very emotional movie. Yeah. It was a good redemption addiction movie. I, I liked it. Made $422,000. Well, he had a couple of How do you stinkers. go from Dirty Dancing to this? Well, I'll tell you how. Because you're saving up and resting and getting your energy ready for 1989, Max. Because in 1989, Patrick Swayze, off the heels of Steel Dawn and Tiger Warsaw, made a life-changing decision to come out with a little movie called Roadhouse. Roadhouse. If you don't like Roadhouse, leave. Goodbye. Shut the, the door. Like The thing I love the most about this movie. Throw rips? I do love the throw rip, but that's not what I love most about this movie. Have you ever found something? A restaurant, a bar a song, something, a sock, a sock, not a sock. <laughs> You're such a weirdo. I need you to focus. Yep. I'm asking you a real human Roadhouse. question. Sorry. Sorry. About Roadhouse. Have you ever found something and you felt like I'm the only person that knows about this? And then when you find other people that know about it, it makes you excited because you still feel like it's a hidden secret. It's like a little spot on a beach that no one knows about. Virtuosity. The yeah, movie with Denzel Washington. Yeah. 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 So like Roadhouse 
I grew up thinking that the only people that knew about this movie were me and my friends. Yeah. I, I like I, I never there's no like widespread discussion about it. There's no family guy making a joke about Roadhouse. Like yeah. nobody talked about this movie. And then as I got older, it's like I'd meet people and I'd find new friends and I'd connect with them and they two had, sentences and, and two sentences it would be like Roadhouse. <laughs> oh, you you like Roadhouse too? Yeah. Like yeah, I like Roadhouse. Like it it it, like, it was a, it was a bridge to these characteristics of people that I love and respect. I'm like you either love this movie. Or you've never seen it. Because if you, <laughs> Max, tell me about Roadhouse. Talk about Roadhouse. A tough bouncer is hired to tame a dirty bar. Oh, he's got to tame that bar. <laughs> Taming of the shrew. You know what the uh, tagline for this was? The dancing's over. Now it gets dirty. It's amazing. Isn't that incredible? It's the best. Dalton, played by Swayze. Yeah. NYU philosophy graduate. Cooler. Yeah. He's a cooler. I mean, I mean, he doesn't flinch. He doesn't, when he gets stabbed. Even or, though he should have been bigger. <laughs> everyone in the movie says he, he should have been bigger. Yeah. He's just this kind of spiritual light and kind of just this calm center in this chaotic situation. But he, you can tell in his heart he loves fighting too. It's what every guy wants to be. There's so much to talk about this movie. All right, let's let's start with the, the stuff that I think is the best because, uh, because I'm Dalton, obviously, so I'll just do whatever I want. Kelly Lynch, whenever Bill Murray sees her sex scene with Swayze on Roadhouse on television. Bill Murray calls her husband, Mitch Glazer, to tease him about it. It's on TV all the time. All the time. He must be get like six calls a day. All the time. Swayze was trained by kickboxing champion and action star Benny Iriguez. Yep. Iriguez, I can't say that. Yeah. Who also had a small cameo in the film. And they basically were like, yeah, you could do this. Like, he was like, you you have the chops to do this yeah. for sure. Well, the guy who played Jimmy Marshall Dalton was like a legit kickboxer. And he's like, who is this ballerina I'm working with? And then Swayze kicked him once and like moved him across the room. He goes, okay, he can, you know, he can tango. You and I have talked about Roadhouse on a number of episodes. So I'm trying to pull facts that we've never said before. When Dalton, played by Swayze, first shows up at the Double Deuce, he stands at the end of the bar next to a post. If you look on that post, mm. carved in the post, it says Buddy's Corner. Buddy was Swayze's nickname. Yeah, I remember that. So that's a good one. Sam Elliott who was incredible in this. The mentor, yeah, Wade. Yeah, Wade Garrett. Um, Sam Elliott claimed for this role that it is what he is most recognized for. Yeah. And that's even taking into account The Big Lebowski. Even above and beyond The Big Lebowski, it's what he's most recognized for. He almost turned it down because he thought it was uh, too similar to his role in Mask with Cher. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I think you've told me this before. The garage where Dalton's Mercedes is stored was the same where Reggie Hammond's Porsche was stored in uh, 48 hours. That is correct. Uh, and I got one more for you, and then I'll shut up. I don't think you know this one. I got one more for you. So at this point, when he made this film, Swayze was a huge star. Like, everybody knew who he was. Yeah. And it caused a lot of problems during filming. This is incredible. I'll give you a couple examples. A pickup truck containing a group of middle-aged blonde women attempted to drive right up to the star's trailer to meet the actor. During the big fight scene, remember when they're on the river? Yeah. A raft. <laughs> this is incredible. Imagine they're shooting the big fight scene, okay? They're on the river, and a raft of Swayze-loving ladies sailed by. A female extra playing a waitress was too busy staring at Swayze to watch what he was doing and spilled all of her drinks on another extra. <laughs> like, he was like a god at this point. Yeah. Well, that uh, hair, this is his best hair. It is. They used to make fun of the fact who was using more hairspray, uh, Kelly Lynch or Swayze in this movie. You know he hates his hair from this movie? I know. Why? Which is sad. I don't know. I have no idea. It's 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 the best. What, what do you got? I'm, I'm probably missing a couple that you have. Well, there's a three-hour, 20-minute cut. You know, of this movie. Oh, yeah, with, like, ballet practicing and all types of crazy Keith stuff. Keith David, a bunch more scenes. And it's nowhere. I want it. <laughs> I mean, that that could be... What is it about this movie? What is it about this movie that, like... It, it, Unapologetically 
macho silly winking like it knows it's kind of a silly movie the director's name is rowdy harrington you know what i mean that i love saying that every time kind of calm like the people in the middle of this are kind of like the bad guys actually even though he's cheesy yeah he's got some kind of like smarm charm yeah Yeah, a little bit of charm yeah okay smartness to him it's just like it's the best combination of good and bad things like i love it but i hate it kind of things I, I just this is one of those movies where I, I have so much trouble explaining to people why I love it, but I never feel shame for saying I love it. Like it, I love Roadhouse. Yeah, this is my favorite of his movies, I think. Wow. What? In the 80s or all time? All time. You put this above point break? Yeah. You're out of your mind. <laughs> you're you're criminally <laughs> ill, which is ironic because the next movie is your least favorite. Yeah. And it makes me want to beat you to the ground for good reason. Oh, man. Well. He rounded out his career in the 80s with the next film. Dive bomb. Kamikaze. I will murder your face. I hate you. <laughs> next of Kin, 1989. Max, Dude. I don't I don't feel a whole lot different about Next of Kin than I do about Roadhouse. Shut up. I'm, I'm like pretty much in the same boat. Like it's almost a deal breaker for me that you don't like Next of Kin. This is a room temperature glass of milk Swayze performance. Oh, He's not funny. Totally, He's not charismatic. Totally disagree. Give me one catchphrase from this movie. I don't need to give you anything. I'm not on trial Stalling? I, I don't, it doesn't matter. The movie's oh, great. Oh, it doesn't. Yeah. It's got Liam Neeson in it. It's what? got, uh, what's his face? Bill Paxton. Uh, Bill Paxton in Hiller. it. Name me the iconic scene that Swayze's in. Not the pinball destruction scene that Liam Neeson does, which is awesome. I think the end of the movie when he's got the bow and arrow and he's hunting the That's mafia. a group thing. It's just it's the, not a group thing. That's iconic. West Virginia. When he's got to put the phone calls in, which by the way, uh, here is a, a, a juicy piece of information. Wait, explain, explain this movie first. People don't know what it is. So <laughs> you got all riled up. I did get all riled up. So um, Patrick Swayze plays a Chicago police officer. Truman Gates. Truman Gates. Who Terrible he, name. Yeah, it's an amazing name. Look, I'm not going to go through. You, then you explain the movie. If you're just going to sit here and mock one of the no, greatest no, films ever I'll, made. I'll let you cook. I'm going to punch you in the face. Hold on. So Truman's a Chicago cop and he sets out to find the killer of his brother. Meanwhile, another one of his brothers, Briar, a hillbilly decides to find the killer himself. You gotta add the hillbilly. He is a hillbilly. That's IMDb calls him a hillbilly, so I don't mind saying it too. The this movie is just fantastic. So uh, Appalachian Mountains is that where his family's so. from? So you've got this kind of like split, right? Like Truman, his wife is you know all city. Helen Hunt. Yeah, and she plays the violin. She does. And she's refined. She's a fine young lady. But she can get down and dirty. She can get too. down and dirty. And then um, you know his younger brother who comes to the city to get a job. You know when you leave that small town from the mountains, you piss off a lot of people. And his older brother, his family, you know, Truman wanted a better life. And when he brought his little brother out there and his little brother got killed by by Ben Stiller, that's the part. It's hard for me not to laugh at this movie when I remember that one of the bad guys is Ben Stiller, but that's okay. This movie's silly. Yes. But it's got heart. It's got heart. It's got heart, man. It's got heart. It's got snakes. It's got snakes. It's got heart. And like I love so like I love a good roundup, right? So like in in Next of Kin, uh the Herald, you know the 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 little weird like blonde guy. Yeah. Um, who, by the way, is played by Michael Pollard. He's in so much stuff in roles like this. Really? Oh, when I start rattling it off to you, you're going to be like, oh my God, of course he is. He's Herman and Scrooge, one of the homeless guys. Remember? Oh, is he, is he the uh, tech guy from Tango and Cash? Tango and Cash. Like, okay. And he's also, remember, he's one of the firefighters in Roxanne with Steve Martin. Oh, yeah. So he's in a bunch of stuff. Love Roxanne. So, you know, obviously Truman's older brother, played by Liam Neeson, says, you know, if I don't come back, here's a number. Call these guys, round up the troops. Yeah. True story. I haven't had a chance to do it yet. The number that's on there is a actual 
number. Shut it's not up. a five, five, five. You can call it. So we need to prank that number. I want to know who answers it. I'm dying to know. It's like a Kentucky number, I think. So they get the roundup. The family all comes in town. They got the, the hunting hounds. The snakes. They're doing the, and you asked me like, what's the quintessential mo- moments in this movie? There's a ton. And they're hunting the mafia guys. When he basically stands up to the mafia, when he has uh, goes into the restaurant and is like, you know, this needs to end now. It, it's great, dude. It's great. So Swayze's at his best when he's either the most intense and insane person in the room or the most mild and calm about everything. In this one, he's kind of just in the middle. No, oh, he's great. He's great. And they're making all the, the bird and dog noises in the cemetery. <laughs> like, look up here. You oh too. Do you know who else was considered for the role? Uh, it's kind of gr- this list is insane. Schwarzenegger? Michael Bean, Jeff Bridges, Kevin Costner, Tom Cruise, sure. Clint Eastwood, Harrison Ford, Dolph Lundgren, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and Arnold. Yeah, because it's like one of the best movies ever made. <laughs> When's the last time you had a Next of Kin conversation? Well, actually, you don't want the answer to that. I talk about Next of Kin quite a bit. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, re- I really do. <laughs> next not, time, send me a screenshot. Not a lot of people listen to me, but I talk about it all the On time. On our Instagram, I'll put a screenshot of the next time you have one. I think you'll be surprised how many people, I think you're going to be very surprised how many people like Next of Kin. Next of no. Okay. Anyways, Max, that rounds out the 80s career of the man, the myth, the legend, Patrick Swayze. We ran and, house, uh, kicked our way we through did, movies. And it leads us perfectly to the Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight. This week's Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight. This is a cool one. Uh, Tony Cavallero. If you're not familiar with his work, he is in a lot. Max, hit it. What do you got? I know Instagram handle at Tony Cavallero and give me his IMDb rundown because I know we were, we knew some of the stuff like School of Rock and some of the other things he was in, but when we actually looked it up, he's in quite a bunch of stuff. Yeah, School of Rock, he's Dewey Finn. He's the main character. The TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like Jack Black in the movie. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny. You take one look at him, you're like, this guy likes the 80s. <laughs> he's just got that <laughs> epic hair. Uh, he's in The Righteous Gemstones as Keith Chambers. Okay. And he's this kind of satanic worshiping, converted and then was he, Christian. Mo- and, Modern Family? Did he do an episode or two on Ma- Modern yeah, Family? Okay. he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, he was Ozzy Osbourne in The Dirt, the oh, Netflix movie. That's a really Where he's like licking, one. he's snorting ants and being all crazy. <laughs> he's perfect. Yeah. He's just this kind of wild, fun guy and... Anything he's in, he kind of just lights up the screen. Well, I want to hear what he had to say. So let's kick it over to Tony. Max, you guessed it. I am a huge Patrick Swayze fan. It's Tony Cavallaro here, everybody. And, um, you know, I'm such a big fan that I remember just a few years ago, some of my friends and I, whenever something cool would happen, we'd go Swayze. So if you guys want to bring that out, bring that back, that's cool with me. It's really hard to narrow down a favorite Swayze moment. I, I just, he was one of those guys like, uh, you know, like a Jamie Foxx, a Will Smith, a Kurt Russell, just he could combine action and cool comedy and just show up and he could do it all, you know? Um, and I, I just loved that he had this amazing dance ability. You know, I grew up doing dance. My mom enrolled me in dance and karate classes when I was a little fat kid. And I just, I still love to utilize that. I still love to dance. And you can see it in his fight scenes in Roadhouse in Point Break. You know, it's, uh, his physicality was incredible. And, and I'm, I'm big into physical comedy and using physicality. I mean, I can't talk about Patrick Swayze without mentioning, you know, one of the best sketches of all time, the Chippendale sketch with Chris Farley. I mean, come on. Um, you know, I was a little fat kid, like I said, and Chris Farley was my hero. And that sketch, you know, just was like, oh my God, these two guys up there moving like they are. And it was so funny. Um, but I think if I had to single out uh, one film that, that is probably my favorite, it's just, you know, Catherine Bigelow's work on Point Break 
and bringing that culture where it wasn't just a laughable bunch of caricatures, um, you know, where you're bringing the personalities of Keanu Reeves, Gary Busey, and Patrick Swayze. Let's not forget the Anthony Kiedis cameo. I mean, it's amazing. Um, the character of Bodie is such a bad dude, but you still love him. It's, uh, it's a feat, you know, uh, a credit to the directing of Catherine Bigelow and, of course, the acting uh, ability of, of Patrick Swayze. But I think, you know, that's, that's why he shines so brightly is that he just had that likability, that, you know, factor that you can't really grab onto. But in every role that he played, you just were hypnotized by his performances. And I think that was really cool. And uh, I just loved that there was just this masculine and feminine thing about him where, you know, you just, you loved him no matter what. It was really cool, really, really something special with him, um, that he just wasn't afraid to go out there and also do a tango and dance and, you know, be shirtless in the front yard in front of a barn in Roadhouse. And, um, I think girls and guys alike could drool over, uh, over the Swayze man. Uh, I think that's really awesome. And, uh, he was super groundbreaking and, uh, we sure do miss him. He was uh, an incredible actor that could uh, that could do it all. And uh, thank you guys so much for having me. I uh, hope you had a great podcast and lots of love to you guys and all your listeners. Peace. Yeah. So I can't even get mad at him <laughs> for talking just about Point Break. I mean, so here here's the problem. He's right? got Bodie's hair. I think we're the only. Like, I think we got to get over our issue with Point Break and just we do, an do an episode on it. Yeah. We'll give it what we'll call like an '80s exemption film. Yeah. But I mean, he's right. I mean, like if you sat me down and said. Forget buzzing the tower for a minute. What do you want to talk about as it pertains to Patrick Swayze? I'd cover some of the movies we just went over, but like the first one out of my mouth is going to be Point Break, Max. Like I love Point Break. Bodie's the coolest dude ever. Oh my God, the character. You know, you were giving me crap about liking Next of Kin and saying he has to exist in these extremes. His most filled out character is Bodie. Yeah. Bodie, I mean, he he's all sides of the spectrum. He's a little bit hero, a little bit villain, a little bit action hero, a little bit sensitive. It's everything, right? I would say like that and Dirty Dancing are just the, the two biggest range movies for him. Yeah, he nailed it. Max, we have remembered the 80s catalog of Patrick Swayze today. I feel good. It was cathartic. It was uh, it was fun to talk about him. Just amazing, talented dude. But like, there's a lot of stuff out there about Patrick Swayze. But for Buzz in the Tower, we just try to focus on the films they did in the 80s. But I would encourage anyone, if you want to learn more about Patrick Swayze, just hit Google. I mean, there's a lot out there about him. Fascinating guy, high energy, perfectionist, and it just shows. I mean, he was exceptionally talented and blessed us with a whole bunch of really cool movies. Even Next of Kin, you worthless worthless piece of crap <laughs> sitting across from me. And I don't think anyone else could have had his career. The only person I can think of gone too soon too, River Phoenix maybe could have morphed into him at some point. Patrick Swayze has got a little bit of Nicolas Cage, but not as weird. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So think back to Nicolas Cage before you knew he was so weird. Heartthrob, amazing roles, like all yeah. over the map. Well, he's willing to go for it. Yeah, like he's a, yeah, like, yeah. Like when entire Warsaw made fun, but when he's in the bath with the single mom, right. and he's just like being sensitive and kind of like readjusting his life, Yeah, you feel that moment. He, he's the guy I feel like 
He's the guy I feel like when you're growing up and all of your friends are worried about looking tough, he wasn't worried about it. He's Chris Chambers growing up from Stand By Me. Yes. Yeah, in yeah, real life. Go. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Max, uh, another another day, another dollar. Do- episode's over. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of which, subscribe, rate, and review. Rate, review, follow us at Buzz in the Tower. Um, the rate review's huge. Uh, again, we are a chart-topping podcast yeah, because of the rate and reviews. Absolutely. So continue to please do that and reach out to us. Give us ideas for episodes. Give us feedback. As long as it's positive, it's a negative, please send it to Max only. Yeah, and, just talk uh, 80s. Like, there's one fan of ours, uh, Trekkie, who does recasting of his own of his own. Uh, oh, yeah. We love his, we love his yeah. ones. Yeah. Speaking of recasting, you know what we got coming up next week? Recasting Major League. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's going to be fun. Who's excited for that? A little Cleveland Indians <laughs> baseball? I'm, I'm getting fired Joe up. Joe needs a refill. Oh, man. American Re- Express. Never steal home without it. All right. Tune in next week. Recasting Major... Recasting Major League. That sounds so good. I love it. Recasting Major League. Max, pleasure as always. Have a great week, and I'll see you then. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.